Let's get this hour underway. Welcome to Penticton, British Columbia, and the South Okanagan Event Center. We're here for the 2023 Young Stars Classic, which starts on Friday, but uh, it is Thursday, September 14th. Steinberg and Vickers from the Okanagan, and welcome to the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 on the Braun EV5922 gun safe, now just $1450, or explore the full line of safes at Calgary Lock and Safe. Dot com. Hello, Vix. Patrick, how are we doing? I'm doing well. We are uh, coming at you from Penticton on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, live right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The season feels like it's officially underway. I know that they haven't even dropped the puck on the first game of the Young Stars Classic. But uh, the golf tournament, which you took a puck. Yes. I'm sitting beside a celebrity, friends. Aaron Vickers was a celebrity. When they talk about the Celebrity Charity Golf Classic, I'm sitting beside one of the celebrities right now. Aaron Vickers was a a part of uh, an incredible event uh, which uh, went down on Wednesday. And that event, as Wes kind of talked about on Wednesday as well, that event feels like, okay, season's underway. And now here we are. We uh, did a seven-hour drive into Penticton. We're here. There's going to be games with music and lights and referees and everything on Friday night between the Flames and the Canucks. And then training camp starts uh, on the ice officially Thursday of next week uh, back at the Scotiabank Saddledome. So the season is officially underway. And, boy, did it feel like we were almost in mid-season yesterday on Wednesday up at Country Hills. Now, I know you played at Glen Eagles yep. and Cochran, the other course that they use for the Charity Golf Classic, but uh, we were all up bright and early uh, for around 8 a.m. Everybody was there for a uh, media avail with Craig Conroy, a media avail with Elias Lindholm, a media avail with Noah Hannafin, and, and that was all very, very newsworthy. But I got I to gotta tell you, the thing that I am buzzing the most about over the last 48 hours or so is the conversation about this team's next captain, which we know they're going to name at some point, very likely before the season. They're going to take their time and make a decision. But I am buzzing over who the next captain of this team is going to be because from what I heard Wednesday from Jonathan Huberdeau, from what I heard Tuesday from Rasmus Anderson, I've, I've, I think both guys would be great, great choices for captain. When you talk about, on top of that, Mackenzie Weger and, and what he could potentially be as a team captain. And then, and then Nikita Zadorov said something uh, on, on Flames Talk on Wednesday, which had me thinking as well. So where do you want to start? Like, what, what, who do you want to talk about first when it comes to who the – because I, I am now calling this the captain dilemma because I think they do have a little bit of a dilemma on their hands all of a sudden. Well, and in all fairness, it's a good problem to have when you can't nail down just one guy and automatically come to a conclusion and go – that guy is the next captain of the Calgary Flames, the first guy to wear the C since Mark Giordano was taking the expansion draft by the Seattle Kraken. Um, in terms of names and where do we want to go first, do we go with the 
guy that seems to be the no-brainer should he be on a long-term contract, which he isn't. He's a pending unrestricted free agent at the end of the season in Michael Backlund. Yeah, and okay, let's start there because I think that it would be a no-brainer if Michael wasn't somewhat undecided about his long-term future. With which, the is, which is his right. Which is absolutely his right. Yeah. Um, I think he would be the no-questions-asked captain and, and maybe, you know, maybe would have been named over the offseason or something like that if there wasn't the uncertainty about his future with the team. But even knowing that, I know that there are multiple players inside that room who believe Michael's already the captain of the team, even though he hasn't been wearing the C. But I want to – this was our conversation with Nikita Zadorov on Wednesday. He popped into the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems hot stove lounge with Wes and I and sat down and, and just gave us 10 – just spat it for 10 straight minutes. No, no holds barred, no, uh, no pulled punches, full-on transparent. That's what you get from Nikita Zadorov. It's why uh, I think he's become a – big-time fan favorite among Flames fans. But it, I, I'll, I'll keep, because the question was, I can sometimes ramble on with my questions. Th- this one was a little, this was as simple as it gets in a Steinberg question. Uh, and then listen to the answer from Nikita Zadorov on Wednesday. How important will it be for this group to have a captain this season? Really important. Um, I mean, I feel like, my opinion, it's only one guy in the room who should be captain in here. You guys probably heard about, I think Michael is definitely our captain. He's been our captain for past two years I've been here. It's just the formal thing to put a C on his shoulder. And um, it's definitely, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's how simple it is. What? <laughs> like, Open and shut case. Wait a second. What did you just say? Number 16? What was that? Like you're... It wasn't like he didn't even hesitate. Like it was Michael Backlund. He's he's just formally put the C on him. Well, hold on a second, because everybody on the outside is saying, "Well, it can't be Michael Backlund. He's not signed long term." And that has I, I know Wes and I talked about that after we wrapped up on Wednesday for like an, an additional thirty minutes. We're like. So what the heck do they do? Because I know Zadorov isn't the only guy who feels that way about Michael. On the outside, we say, well, Michael's not signed beyond next year. You can't name him the captain. But I've started thinking to myself, why can't you? If, if the players if the players believe that that's their captain, whether he's here beyond next year or not, maybe, maybe the conversation isn't as complicated as you and I and others make it. I don't know. But when I heard that from Zadorov, I won't lie. I was like... Oh, okay. That that wasn't even that was just straight on, off the cuff, nonchalant. Yeah, well, Michael Backlund's our captain. He should be our captain, and just got to formally put the C on him. Like, oh, okay. Well, now I have to <laughs> now I have to rethink this a little bit. That's as strong a vote of confidence publicly that we've heard from a Calgary Flames member, regardless of who it was a vote of confidence for. We haven't necessarily heard a distinct this guy should be our next captain and again there's plenty of candidates that you can run through whether it's Michael Backlund, Rasmus Anderson, Mackenzie Weger, Jonathan Huberto, uh, Blake Coleman even like the list yeah. goes on and on but Nikita Zadorov coming out and saying oh yeah it's Michael he's been he's it's he's the guy that's been it for the last couple of years let's uh let's just stitch that thing on and move on with our lives the thing that I get hung up on and maybe it's just me and I'll, I'll let you get to it in a second for sure you can give me your perspective I don't know how comfortable I would feel as an organization putting the C on a guy for 60 games and then going through the process again a second time 
if and when he should decide to depart the organization. Again, if he's here long term, I don't think this is so okay. much a question. Let me play devil's advocate okay. then. Because you just went through all the guys who could be captain. So if you've got that many guys who could be captain, but right now there's a feel inside the locker room, and, and damn right the players should have a say in who the captain 100%. is going to be. So if, if they've got so many good candidates, but there's a, a, a groundswell that suggests that, you know what, it should be Michael Backlund, well, so what if he's only here for 60 games or 82 games or whatever the case may be? Well, if he leaves... Well, then you name one of the other good the good choices as captain, and whether it's Rasmus Anderson and Jonathan Huberdeau or whoever, you've got plenty of names waiting in the wings. That is one of my rebuttals now that I play devil's advocate with the whole thing because they do have some really solid candidates, as you pointed out. And, and you know what? I will jump on board with you if it's unanimous across the board in the room. But if there is a you know, 40% vote for Michael Backlund and 30% for another guy and 30% for a third guy, I think you factor in the contract situation. For sure. Instead of delaying the growth of one of your leaders by putting the C on him, by giving it to Michael Backlund, you kind of bypass that situation a little bit. Again, this whole conversation for me changes if Michael Backlund was on a two- or three-year deal. But just because of the uncertainty, and he could very well well easily be back for longer than the duration of this season. And I still think, and and I said this on Wednesday, and I'll I'll reiterate it, I still think that there is a a, a decent, I I don't know like what percentage I would put it at, but I think that Michael has softened a little bit since April because of you and I were both in Nashville. We saw how emotional that whole whole two days in Nashville and what not only winning the King Clancy meant, but also – winning it as a flame and the way the flames made it special for him that i i know for a with all the controvertible fact the the thank you video they did like that made an impact that that made an impact emotionally for michael and and i think now you're five months removed from the end of last season and daryl sutter's gone and there's a different buzz around the team I do think Michael Backlund has softened on his somewhat frosty stance about what comes up next. And I don't say frosty in a bad way, but when he spoke with us on Locker Cleanout Day, he was very noncommittal. And he's still he's he hasn't committed, obviously, but it I, I do believe that the stance is, has softened a little bit and I think there's more optimism about whether or not Michael signs back with the team. So I think between now and the start of the season, that could still happen. And I think between now and the start of the season, if that happens, you could just make a, a dual press conference. Uh, Michael Backlund's re-signed for two more years when we've named him captain. Bam, boom, clean. Nikita Zadorov dusts a little shirt off, dirt off his shoulder, and we, uh, we move on with the next captain of the Calgary Flames. Michael Backlund on Tuesday when he, he met with some members of the media made it very clear, in my opinion, in hearing him and seeing his body language and, and seeing his eyes, Calgary is a significant home for him. It's not an easy decision for him to leave whatsoever, but he did reiterate he wants to see this team be competitive. He wants the opportunity to win, and he he's kind of made it clear to me and to us that were, that were gathered to talk to him that he needs to see that this franchise is going in the right direction to being competitive. He wants to make sure that this team has the ability to compete and be a top three team in the Pacific Division. I can certainly see the situation, as you mentioned, where he resigns early. If he, if he's feeling the vibes, he's like in the direction of the team. He's got a lot of confidence. Like, And we've heard a lot of players coming in saying, yeah, the vibe of this team is completely different, and they're very excited and curious to get things going. I could see the scenario that you kind of outlined where there's a Michael Backlund extension that accompanies a captaincy of the Calgary Flames. The uh, Here's what I would say to wrap up my feel on Michael. 
I think it is. I I I think you can be quite confident say, saying that Michael Backlund wants to be convinced to stay. And what I mean by that is, no, yeah. I think he I think he wants this to be positive so that he is convinced. Give I think me a reason to stay. Exactly. I think he is. I think he's looking at it now and saying. Okay, I, I I like some of the things that have happened this summer. You know what happened in June meant a lot to me, so I want to be convinced. And so now there's an opportunity with this camp. And as Craig Conroy talked about Tuesday and Wednesday, yeah, good start to the season, good camp, good vibes. Maybe that can do it for Michael. Read you a few texts here at nine sixty nine sixty. This from Tyler and Boness. Um, a former Flames player stated that the next captain, and really any captain in the NHL, should be picked internally by his fellow teammates. What's your opinion on this point? Should management choose the next captain, or should it be the players who inform management who they've chosen to be their next captain? Sorry, my question was about as Steinberg as they get. Yeah, Tyler, that was a, that was a very run-on question. Come on. Concise. Tighten it up, Tyler. Like I should talk. Um I think, I, think absolu- a- I, I think absolutely the players should have a massive say in it. And, I mean, my opinion means zero in who the – your opinion, no offense, means zero. Oh. Does, does management and marketing have a say? Of course they do because, you know, you sell jerseys and the guy who wears the C that sells some jerseys. I think that that has a say. But for me, I, I believe – externally on the outside that internally yeah the player should have the most say as to who the captain is i really do so i shouldn't be waiting by my phone to have craig conroy call me for my input on this not this one okay fair enough but i I, i'm with you it should be a collaborative effort i think between the players significantly the head coach and the coaching staff as well as management i don't think it's just one executive going okay and pointing to one player and going okay you're the new captain it's going to be a consultation of all parties uh this is uh pat players only decision no matter how long a player is here players rep to management players want the player and player wants to be captain uh backland should be the only consideration that comes from ian and cranbrook um this says i'd say if you're going all in on this team and want to resign a bunch of the one-year deals then you name backland captain and show them you're all in then if you're out of a playoff position you trade them all at the deadline and rebuild uh, it makes so much sense plus nfl teams name new captains every year what's the big deal in the nhl with these long-term captains change is good uh this says kraken named geo captain knowing they were likely trading him before the deadline why can't the flames reward backland for his dedication to the team then give the other candidates another year to show who's most deserving for next year and going forward and matt and cochran says should backland have gotten the c as soon as geo was picked in the draft and why wait so long to name a new captain um that was um i think early on i I had no problem with them not naming a captain right away because i think you want one to kind of organically show itself what i think we've learned over the last two years as the flames have not had a captain is that it feels like for some in the room many in the room that yeah organically michael backland has proven that that he is uh, a really good candidate for it now let me transition to Rasmus Anderson. Okay. Because listen to this comment from Rasmus. You were there. I was not. But this was Tuesday when Rasmus spoke at the luncheon prior to the Golf Classic. And uh, Rasmus was just asked a, a real simple question. It's a new vibe, new coach, new GM. You know, what, what does he want the new identity for the team to look like? Be proud to wear the, the Calgary Flames. Um, be proud to play in a great organization in a great city. Um, uh, be a hard-working team who, uh, who plays fun hockey and uh, works for each other. So, 
that sounded like a captain. We've said many times that Rasmus Anderson, when he speaks, and the way he plays, I mean, he plays, there's, there's never shift off. Uh, you're never worrying about that with Rasmus. That's a guy who leaves it all on the ice every single time he steps uh, steps foot on it. I think there are a lot of captain qualities for Rasmus Anderson. I know Francis has uh, talked at length about why Rasmus Anderson is the guy for captain. It'll be the Eric Francis Hour on Flames Talk on Friday. We'll get into this conversation. I'm going to play him that clip for Zadorov. I cannot wait to see Francis's reaction to that on Friday. But, you know, there's a lot of people who think Rasmus Anderson should be the next guy. And I, if they were to go that direction, how could you argue it? You just heard that clip. That's one of many that just scream that this guy has got massive leadership potential the one thing that always stands out to me about rasmus anderson and you can kind of hear it in his voice and his tone there but he screams accountability there were so many games down the stretch last season where the calgary flames were in a chase and they'd take a step forward and then take a step back and he would be the guy that would come out one of a few guys that would come out and really own what was either a disappointing performance we remember those losses against the chicago blackhawks that really stung near the end of the season he was one of those guys that I've always chosen, i've chosen to forget fair to enough he's always been and again in this the media portion to me isn't necessarily as significant as who you are in the room and what kind of conduit you can be between the players and the coaching staff and the management yep but just the way that he would carry himself post game after what would be a heartbreaking or disappointing loss and owning it as a team, being the spokesman, being we weren't good enough, uh, the accountability that he has and the, the pride, you just heard it in the clip, that he has of being a member of the Calgary Flames. I have no qualms whatsoever if Rasmus Anderson is named captain. To be honest, all things considered right now, he might be my front runner. But again, what I know and what I see is only oh, yeah, a, a snapshot yeah, yeah. of everything that goes into being an NHL captain. And this says, there's your man, pride in the team, proud to wear that jersey. That's my vote. Uh, that text came in after playing that. And, and now I just want to, this was Jonathan Huberdo when he spoke prior to the Charity Golf Classic on Wednesday morning. Just listen to Jonathan, and he has been very very committed to making sure that what happened like last season does not happen again just listen to a refreshed and i'm trying very professional sounding jonathan huberdo listen to jonathan as he spoke to us on wednesday morning jonathan i guess as you come in here a year later uh how are you different what has changed for you as you approach this season probably optimism running through the veins but how, how do you look at this season and how is it different how are you different yeah, I just feel like, uh, you know, last year I didn't really know what I was coming into. I think it's it was different for me, but now it's uh, it's nice to be, like, finally settled, you know, got a house here, and, uh, you know, I, I know where, you know, what to expect, and uh, it's fun. I think I feel way more comfortable and happy to be here. You mentioned comfort. How, comfort are you, how comfortable are you with the, the leadership side of things? I know you took a number of younger players under your wing last year. I know it's important to you. How much of uh, the leadership do you think you can kind of instill this year? Yeah, I can. I can definitely be a leader. I think uh, that's one of my strengths. And, uh, and last year was a little more tough for me to to uh, kind of do it. But this year, uh, I think I'm going to be you know a leader on the ice and off the ice as well. So I think uh, I want to show that. I think uh, you know I'll show my teammate what what I can I can do. And with that in mind, how much do you know the group, the guys that are you know going to be here for some time do you want to impress upon those players who are entering their final year of their contracts that look there's something here you should be a part of this yeah i feel like i think 
you know, it's it's part of it. Every team has some guys that are one-year contract, and <clears throat> they have to decide what they're going to do. But at the end of the day, we're, we're I think we're we're going to be a good team. I think they, they're going to see that, and uh, you know, hopefully that's what we want everybody to stay. So I think we we have a good fit here, and uh, we have a good room. So it's going to be exciting, and I think you know, it's uh, it's not our decision. I think it's going to be, be like that. But I feel you know we're not going to think about that. We're going to go in there and, and try to get a you know, a good start of training camp. Jonathan, let me just follow up on that because this is not a very different roster than the one that missed the playoffs last season. So what gives you optimism that this is going to be such a good team this year? I mean, I think we have too much talent to, you know, last year to not make the playoffs. I think, you know, we it was a weird year last year, I felt. You know, we never found, like, our identity. And this year, that's what we got to do. we got to find, you know, what kind of team we are and be a tough team to play every night. And I think that that's going to be your goal to, to see that with the you know new new coaching staff and you know new GM with, with Connie. So I see the optimism and the, everybody's excited for, for this year. Jonathan, just how important is it going to be to have a captain on the team this year and how different it will be last season? Yeah, I mean, I, we haven't talked really, but I heard, you know, wanted to, to name a captain. So... It is. It's always important, I think, to have a captain in in, in, a, in a team, and you know we'll see who is going to be. But I think uh, you know the leadership group is already good, and I think you know captain and all the assistant. I, I feel we have a good group of of, of veteran, and you know some young guys going to come in this this year, and it's going to be important for you know for them to have uh, some guys that can show them the way. And you know I think yeah, I have a lot of faith in every guy that is in the dressing room right now. What there was do a lot you of need to do individually to feel like okay, you know, what, what sort of season do you need to have individually to feel like okay, that's me, that I'm sort of back at the level I think I should be at. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be easy to to do <laughs> to be better than last year, but uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, no, I mean, just to, to get my confidence. I think I lost, you know. I mean, we talked last year about it. I, I'm kind of done with talking last year because I kind of this summer, you know, got got the confidence back, and I just feel way better, you know, coming here. Last year I was a little, little nervous, you know, new team, stuff like that. But now I feel feel confident. I can be my more myself, and and it's gonna show. I think on the yard, be I felt like heavy last year, and I'm you know lighter on my my shoulder, and I feel like uh, way better mentally too. So. There you go. That is Jonathan Huberdo. A little bit of his conversation with the media on Wednesday morning as well. Uh, I I have felt since he's gotten here that he has carried himself in a very professional captain-like way. He's accountable. Uh, He's accountable when he plays poorly. He never made a single excuse for how poor his season went. He still hasn't made an excuse. Some of the things you heard there, and and he's also your highest paid player. He's here for the next eight years. In a lot of ways, he is the face of the franchise right now. So if they were to go in that direction, I, I don't think they'd be wrong. So it just, I've heard a lot of things over the last 48 hours or so from Nikita Zadorov talking about Michael Backlund from Rasmus Anderson talking and from Jonathan Huberdeau talking it's like man I think they've got it's a good dilemma to have but I think they've got a dilemma as to who their next captain's going to be you outlined some significant points in favor of Jonathan Huberdeau I want to add just one more and that was his mentorship of younger players and and more specifically Jacob Peltier and how he brought him along he's he's going out there and he's making the steps to take younger players under his wing and I think that's a critical 
element of a leader. I'm not just going to necessarily say captain, but of a leader of an organization who we know has vowed to undergo a mini youth movement, inject more young players into the lineup. You need veterans like Jonathan Huberdeau, who's willing to take the time out of their day to show them the ropes, take them to places outside away from the rink and just get them acclimatized to what NHL life is like. And to me, very few players in that room have done that the way that Jonathan Huberto did that with uh, Jacob Pelche last season. It was it was anytime you'd ask Jacob Pelche about, you know, who's helping you, who's guiding you along, it was Jonathan Huberto, Jonathan Huberto. And, and I think that screams leadership from Jonathan Huberto. And I know a lot of people will point to the point totals that, that Huberto had last season and go, he had 55 points. He had the largest drop-off year over year, and, and this guy's and it's more than points. And to be perfectly honest, I don't think we're going to see a 55-point Jonathan Huberto again. You you mentioned it. He was accountable. He held himself accountable to a very disappointing season. He's moved past that, and I'll be curious to see him moving forward. Here's uh, Dylan in Revy. Uh, we uh, drove through your fair town. We did. Uh, we even stopped uh, in Revy on our drive out here on this Thursday. Uh, Dylan in Revy says, uh, I love Huberdo as a player, and there's no doubt in my mind he's in this alternate for sure, and he'll have 80 to 90 points this year. That said, there are too many other guys who are better leaders than him. Rasmus, Weger, Backlund, Coleman, Tanev. Huberdo should be in the alternate rotation, but he isn't a captain, in my opinion. Uh, and this says, a leader does doesn't get his agent to talk smack on social media. Uh, that also on the text line at nine sixty nine six. I was curious if we get a text like that because I just want to rebuttal. Was he doing it for himself or was he doing it for the collective group to a degree? Was he trying to maybe take some focus, put it on him to be the player that is the focal point, to take some of the pressure off? Maybe there was some head-to-head butting between the coaching staff and the players. Maybe he was taking it on for the rest of the other guys. Interesting. I never thought of it that way. And I can't sit here and say that. I can't say one way or the other, to be perfectly honest, but it was just an interesting point that that I'd be curious to find the answer to. Pat and Vickers along with you. Uh, This hour of Flames Talk underway from Penticton, British Columbia, and the Young Stars Classic. We're here at the South Okanagan Event Center. And, of course, uh, everything is emanating back, uh, thanks to our good friends Cam and Taylor at the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Worried about radon? They install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To find out more, visit DL Basement systems.com for a free estimate anything and everything calgary flames it's all on flames talk sportsnet 960 the fan all right this hour continues steinberg vickers from the south okanagan event center here in penticton british columbia and uh, as we continue this hour, let's welcome in the voice of the Calgary Flames, Derek Wills, who joins us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline right now. The Daily Flames Roundtable returns next week. Uh, just for a nice little one-off, we'll chat with Derek. I want to get to the uh, Celebrity Charity Golf Classic near the end because uh, we need to give a tip of the hat to Candace and everybody at the Flames Foundation. We will definitely do that before we wrap. But, uh, Mr. Wills, I-, I need to get your take on the conversation we just had for the last 30 minutes or so, and that's about what i believe is is a a good dilemma to have but a dilemma nonetheless about who the next captain of this team is going to be because i don't know if you heard our chat with nikita zadorov or not but on wednesday he straight up said no michael backland's our captain he should be our captain uh it's just all about formally putting the c on him some people believe it should be rasmus anderson some people should be uh believe it should be player x or player y I'm just curious as to kind of your feel on the next captain of the Calgary Flames. Well, it's a hard question for me to answer because 
really, I need to know if Michael Backlund's going to sign a contract extension. If he's staying, I'm giving him the C. Okay, let's if just assume not, though that let's just assume that he's not though, because that's what makes it fascinating. Because I know Zadorov is not the only one who believes that regardless of contract status, Michael Backlund should be the captain, and that I think presents the Flames with a really interesting decision to make. Because at least in my opinion, I think the players are the the number one uh, consideration to take into account when when making this decision. Well, obviously they're in opinion is more important than mine, but I would have a hard time giving Michael Backlund or Elias Lindholm the captaincy, or I guess I should include Chris Tanev as well, if they're heading into the final season of their contract and there's no extension in place. Because the Flames haven't had a captain since Mark Giordano. They've waited for a reason, and I think one of the reasons why they waited was their former head coach, Daryl Sutter, and obviously with a new general manager in Craig Conroy and a new head coach in Ryan Huska. They look at things a little bit differently, but I'd like to have a captain in place for at least a few years, not a guy who could be here for a few games and then trade it out of town. So uh, if they do give Backlund the C, that would lead me to believe that they think they've got a really good chance to to get him signed to a multi-year extension. Uh, But I'm not sure if it was up to me, which obviously it isn't, uh, I would be handing out the C to a so, guy who I wasn't convinced was going to be with the team beyond the season or even for the ex- entirety of the season. Who do you think it should be up to? Like, whose opinion? Because it's obviously what you think, what I think, what Vickers com- thinks combined means nothing to their decision-making, and nor should it. But who, like, who should carry the most weight when making this determination? Because it's in, in, in my opinion... I think that that should be heavily weighted to the players inside that room. You're, you're yeah. selecting who's going to be your captain, um, and, and I think it should be really – I don't think they would be the only, only consideration. I think marketing and management and all that type of stuff, coaching staff plays a part too, but I think that that group of players should have a, a significant, significant voice in this. Oh, I would agree with you, and I like the way you worded that, Pat, that uh, it be, should be heavily weighted toward what the players want, but I don't think that that should be the only factor. Should marketing be a bit of a factor? Yeah, I guess. Uh, You want someone who is obviously going to represent the team in the community and and represent the team the right way. But for me, it's way more about uh, the hockey side of things and picking the right guy to not only lead the team in the community, but to lead the team in the dressing room and on the bench and on the ice and to be that conduit between the players and the coaches. So I think it's important that Craig Conroy and the management group has a say and that Ryan Huska and the coaching staff has a say, and obviously that the players have a say. I think it's a decision that needs to be made as a group, as a team, not just by the players. But I do agree. I think it should be heavily weighted towards what the players want and who they want to be their leader. But, again, this is where I think that uh, maybe the vote with the players could be nixed. If it's a guy who's not under contract beyond this season, then – I think as a manager or as a coach, and I'm not saying that this is how Conroy or Huska feel, but if it was up to me, I'd have a hard time giving the C to a guy who I was wondering whether or not he was not only going to stay, but whether he wanted to be here. Yeah, from my perspective, I think the coaching staff and management should have a voice in the decision, but it wouldn't be the dominant voice. The captain is the player's representative 
of the team. They're the ones that have the seat at the table representing the players when talking to the coaching staff, when talking to management, the conduit between the actual guys in the room versus the guys upstairs, the guys in the coaching room. So I think they should have a heavy say. If it's a case where there's one clear front runner, then I think you've got to take the players' players' opinion under consideration. If you're in a situation where there's two or three guys that are – there's no unanimous choice and two or three guys are considered very strong candidates, then I think it's fair for the coaching staff and management to look at the contract situations of the candidates and go, who can be the long-term voice in the room for these players? I do agree, Wilsey, that you've got to take contract status into consideration – but I also think that the players should have the predominant voice, whether that is Michael Backlund or whether it is somebody else. And, and I mean, let, let's say they do give the captaincy to Michael Backlund, even though mm-hmm. he hasn't signed a contract extension. If they do end up trading him, then you could give the seat to somebody else. I mean, maybe it's not the best look, but it's not the end of the world either, in my opinion. But we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. I, I think the good news here is that the Flames – I think have a number of legitimate cap uh, candidates to be the next captain of the team. For my money, again, if he's signed, it's Michael Backlund, and it's a no-brainer. If he's not signed and you want to go in a different direction, I love the backstory with Rasmus Anderson and Ryan Huska. I think he would be a really strong candidate. Uh, so of the guys I think who are, are signed long-term right now, he'd be at the top of my list. But you know, there are some other guys going into the final year of their contract who, if they were to re-up, like Chris Tanev, I think they would be a great choice. Elias Lindholm, I think, would be a great choice. So the Flames do have a bunch of guys who I think uh, would do a really good job representing the team the right way off the ice and on the ice with that C on their jersey. So yeah, I, in a way, feel like they, they can't go wrong with this one. It, it It's a dilemma, but it's a it's better than, like, who the hell is a leader on this yeah. team? Yeah, it's a good problem, it's a to, good have. problem to have. Be like, be like uh, trying to find the male model between the three of us. Like, uh, they, you can't do it. You can't do it. You, you, it's, it's a really bad analogy, but I, I feel slighted. I think yeah, you what should was, feel slighted. What? I just, I just called this all ugly. Is essentially what I said. Oh. Uh, I just spent seven hours in the car with the guy, and he's burying <laughs> me now. And you yeah, know, I what? hope you guys are enjoying Penticton. Uh, What's the weather it's, like uh, there? It gorgeous. <laughs> it is. It is quite nice. I won't lie. Um, I will say it's that snowing here in Calgary, so you win. Is it really? No. No. Okay. Okay. I'm just I, trying it, to make you feel bad. It snows every Flames golf tournament, so I was like, well, I feel great here. here snowing in Calgary. Here. What are you talking not about? Not this year. It was gorgeous this year. Um, Derek Wills is with us, uh, male model. I, of course he is. Derek Wills, along with male model Aaron Vickers, and, and my name is Pat Steinberg. This is uh, And Flames I did Talk. win uh, – Leonardo DiCaprio lookalike contest at the 1998 Niagara Film Festival. So I really do take offense to your comment. I've seen the picture. It was actually it was, uh, <laughs> it's, it's not, my hair was a little longer want. back can then. You, can you forward that to me? Just no. I'm no, sure I can don't. find. I don't want it on I, social media again. No, I would never put it on social media. Um, Flame stock continues this hour, guys. It's it's funny you you just brought up the name Wilsey of Lindholm. I don't know if you uh, if you've had the opportunity to listen to Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin's comments from Wednesday before they've uh, teed off at Country Hills or not. But uh, you know, both guys talked about their futures. Both guys talked about where they are are they where they're standing right now when it comes to 
their decision-making process. To paraphrase, Hannafin basically said, nope, absolutely, door's not shut. I just uh, I want to come in and, and see how things go. I want to see how the season goes, and I haven't made my decision yet. Elias said similar things, um, didn't really... When asked about whether or not the start of the season means anything or not, he said no, but said that, yeah, I've said I've been willing to stay, and I'm willing to stay. That's all there is to it. And, um, you know, was maybe a little bit more evasive or a little bit more short with his answers than Noah was. But both both spoke on Wednesday about their contract statuses. Uh, a, did you hear? And B, uh, where are you now with training camp a week away from starting? Well, I did hear, and I must admit I was a little bit surprised with Noah Hannafin's response because based on the reports that I'd read and heard, uh, it sounded like he had informed the Flames that he was not open to signing a long-term extension. It sounds like the door might not be closed on that at this point. And, hey, if you can keep a guy like Noah Hannafin, uh, I think that would be a a great option for the Flames moving forward if they were able to convince him to stay and sign him to not a team-friendly contract, but a, a contract that works for both the player and for the team. Uh, defensemen like him, they don't grow on trees. And I know that uh, there are some people out there that would like to see some more points from him, goals, assists, and points. But you know the way he skates, uh, the size that he's got, he's, he's a really good player. And I think you, you hold on to those guys, especially at that age if you can. So I think... Uh, promising surprising that that he said he's open to staying and as far as Elias Lindholm I don't know if you guys feel differently but the sense I've had all summer and I would say that I've had a stronger sense as the offseason has gone on my sense is as long as they give him a deal that he thinks is right he will stay I think that Elias Lindholm uh, even though it, it didn't look great or sound great at the end of the season a lot of things have changed between then and now and I got to give Craig Conroy a lot of credit here because as a first-time general manager in this league he has not panicked he has not made a move just to, to get a potential problem off of his desk he has remained very patient with not only Lindholm and Hannafin but with other guys as well and I think he's been willing to listen if teams have called but also I think wants to keep one or both of those guys and and some other pending UFAs as well. And and I think what he's done is allow these players to to come back to Calgary and to experience what life is like now as a member of the Flames organization and specifically under a new GM and a new coach. And I think he's hoping that these guys are going to realize that, yeah, I can come to the rink and I can have fun again and that this team is going to be competitive. So, yeah, I don't think it's ideal if you get the sense that you don't think these guys are going to extend to go into the season with them for a number of reasons. It's going to be a distraction, I think, and also maybe you paint yourself into a bit of a corner as far as leverage with other teams is concerned. But I also think it's important to let the hangover pass because, guys, I think there's still a little bit of a hangover from last season and guys want to be or need to be convinced that it's going to be different, that the team's going to play different, that it's going to be different coming to the rink. And I think the fact that Conroy has had patience is maybe opening the eyes and opening the ears of guys like Hannafin and Lindholm to, to potentially staying with this group. Yeah. I'll start with Elias Lindholm and hearing his comments and how 
chill or relaxed he sound coming back to Calgary gave me more optimism that there is a potential way for him to resign in Calgary. Lind- Lindholm or, or sorry, Hannafin. Pardon Hannafin, me. Okay. Thank you. Thank as you. soon as you said chill, I was thinking. Yeah, no, it was certainly Hannafin because Hannafin. He was like he was just like we you talked about it like he would just walked off a beach and is ready to go. Um, so I've never been more optimistic that there's a path for Noah Hannafin to remain a member of the Calgary Flames. I'm going to admit this, and I'm going to get you, Pat, to, to, to speak to it. Hearing, I only heard Elias Lindholm. Mm-hmm. I didn't see. I only heard the audio that uh, you and Wes played uh, post-tournament for the drive back from Cochrane and Glen Eagles. He sounded to me like he'd always sounded. Whether it's, you know, after a practice or after a game, his tone, his intonation, so on and so forth, always sounded like what Noah Hannafin, to me, sounds like. And his comments and the willingness to stay, Wilsey, I'm kind of the same boat as you, is he's willing to stay as long as the details of the contract meet what he's looking for. But I only heard the words. Mm -hmm. You were there talking to him, asking him questions, seeing the body language and everything. What was your interpretation of Elias? It just, it felt like there was a palpable sense of frustration coming and and maybe it was and maybe it was just because he was frustrated having to answer the questions which is fair or but it it just even some of the comments that he made about like yeah i've said many times i'm willing to stay and that's all there is to it again that's a paraphrase not an exact quote but essentially what he said or um when he was asked about a timeline he's like well no i've i've told them when what i want like i don't know why it's not just i felt like there was some frustration coming from him and and maybe that's a bad read. I don't know, but that was that was what I came away with. And I, so I guess I'm. If that is the case, why? What would the frustration be? Mm-hmm. Why would there be a? So that that's kind of what I came away with most um, when talking about Lindholm. And I know there's a big offer on the table for him. So where are the you know where are the the contentious points? And what has not allowed it to get done. If he's willing to stay, which he says he is, and the Flames have put an offer on the table and they've been very adamant they want him to stay, so what? what's the holdup? Where are we? What's going on? That's That was yeah. kind of my – and I'm, I guess what I would say, guys, is I felt like his future was muddy prior to hearing from him on Wednesday, and I feel like it is just as clear as mud – after hearing from him Wednesday as it was before. I have no more clarity as to what is happening on the Lindholm front. Yeah, I mean, your read could be correct, Pat, but another way to look at it, based on the reports from earlier in the offseason, I think we all thought Noah Hannafin was on his way out of town, right? So he has And I still still do, by the way. I still do. Yeah, I mean, it, it seemed so cut and dry, so... Why bother asking him about it? He's already told the team how he feels, and uh, what he's told them is that he's not open to signing a long-term extension, and maybe he is, maybe he isn't, but I don't know. When I heard him speak yesterday, it, it didn't sound like the door had been closed mm-hmm. and locked, so we'll see where that goes. But uh, just looking at it from Elias Lindholm's perspective, it's been the big question of the Flames' offseason. Can they extend Elias Lindholm? If they can, they should be very competitive again because I think other guys are going to want to stay on board. If they can't, they might have to go in the direction of a retool or a rebuild. So as a result of that being the biggest question of the Flames offseason since they made the moves to GM and uh, coach, he's been asked about it consistently. So he sounded to me like a guy who's 
tired of being asked the question. His answer hasn't changed. He's open to saying, needs to get the right deal to stay, but I still have a, a really good feeling about Elias Lindholm's future as a member of the Calgary Flames. And maybe my reader will be wrong, but that's kind of where I'm still at. The one thing with Lindholm, and he's been asked the question and asked the question and asked the question, this is the first time he's spoken to Calgary-based media since locker clean-out day. I know there was a Swedish article that came out a couple of weeks ago, but to that point, it was his first documented word since locker clean-out day. So unless it's a situation where he's tired of just everybody asking him, whether it's family, friends, teammates, whatever, from a media perspective, he's just sort of addressing this again for the first time since April. So I'm curious about the interpretation of the tone and the body language and all that from the perspective of, yeah. I don't want to answer these questions, I just want to play hockey. I, uh, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? I mean, yeah, he's open to staying. You said that all along, right? Uh, he's not going to throw at a number that the Flames have to give him. He's not going to negotiate publicly. I just, I'm, yeah. I feel like he feels like he's got nothing new to add. So he just thought he would be concise in his answer to the question. But again, you could be reading it correctly, and I could be reading it incorrectly, Pat. I'm not, I'm not sure. The only thing I would say to that is, is the optimism, I guess, that Noah Hannafin presented, given his situation, versus the interpretation of Noah Hannafin's words and body language, and that were. Polar opposites. Is that fair, Pat? You were the one that was there. Um, I, I, I only, I, I hesitate only because I know That's that his personality. Media, yeah, yeah, and 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 part of that is that I, he does not like doing media, and right. so he doesn't like doing media when we're talking about good things like hey, you scored <laughs> four goals. So, so when now when we're talking about one of the more uncomfortable things you can talk about as a pro athlete, um, I just, I, I don't think that there was. I think he would have rather been cutting off his toes than talking to us about about that on Wednesday. So I I take that into account, and it's why I'm not really jumping to any conclusions so much. As, does it feel like there is some frustration? Yes. Is that read 100% correct? I have no idea. And it's why I still remain confused about the whole thing and, and, and without well, any clarity, you know? And when I say that's his personality, not just Elias Lindholm, but Noah Hannafin as well. He's always been kind of happy-go-lucky, and Very I don't think chill he expected and, yeah. him to come back to Calgary and and in his first uh, address with the media of the season say, "I don't want to be a member of the Flames anymore." I don't think any of us expected that. He's uh, Aaron. You said it looks like he just came from the beach. He, he kind of has that uh, aura to him, don't you think? Yep. Well, in all fairness, that was a Pat Steinbergism, so I'll give credit to Pat on that. Which okay. was also, yeah, it's. Right, right. Surfboard on his uh, surfboard on his shoulder. Right to the golf tournament. Are you guys going to go to the beach in Penticton? Yeah, probably. I'm not going to lie. Probably yeah. going to find a way you to know get what? there. I'd love to be there. I'd love to go to Salty's and have some uh, butter chicken. Um, you guys will have to, have to live vicariously through you. So I hope you guys uh, have fun there. It should be a, a fun weekend. Uh, just before we let you go, we got uh, just about uh, less than 60 seconds, but uh, another successful celebrity charity classic for the Calgary Flames uh, at Glen Eagles and Country Hills on Wednesday, Wilsey. Yeah, just awesome. $327,000 raised uh, for the Calgary Flames Foundation, and uh, there is a great presentation uh, from a family who's benefited from the Flames Rotary House, which is a, a big benefactor of all the work that uh, is done in the community to raise funds for the Calgary Flames Foundation. So uh, a big round of applause for everybody involved and Mother Nature as well, because 
you know, having organized golf tournaments in the past, that's the one thing you can't control, especially in September in Calgary is the weather. And it wasn't perfect, but it was pretty darn good yesterday. So everybody had a great time. And uh, the generosity of Calgarians continues to blow me away, especially of Flames fans and supporters of the Calgary Flames Foundation. Just the live auction alone, guys, raised over $100,000. So it was, uh, it was a great day and a great night for a great cause. Uh, outstanding work to Candace and everybody at the Flames Foundation. Every I know Roly put a ton of work into that. Everybody who is involved, uh, all of uh, Roly staffs, Candace staffs, everybody volunteers. Uh, an incredible charity golf classic once again. Congratulations on number forty-two. Uh, Daily Flames Roundtable returns next week, Mister Wills. For now, have a wonderful rest of your Thursday. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Hey, yeah, have a great weekend, guys. There he is, voice of the Calgary Flames, Derek Wills. He's on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, 15-time Consumer's Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. For pickup or delivery, call 403-248-3344. As we start to wrap things up here from Penticton in the South Okanagan Event Center, uh, this Thursday edition of Flames Talk coming at you from Penticton. Friday as well, Friday the official kickoff to the Young Stars Classic, including the Calgary Flames prospects taking on the Vancouver. Vancouver Canucks will have that for you here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan and on the Flames website. Mr. Vickers, have yourself a wonderful rest of your Thursday. I shall. See you soon. You will see me soon. Uh, that will uh, wrap us up this hour for uh, Derek Wills and for Aaron Vickers, for our producers, Taylor Dingman and Cam Hughes. My name is Pat Steinberg. This hour has been the, uh, well, as you know, this hour has been the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 on the Braun EV5922 gun safe. Now just 1450 or explore the full line of safes at calgarylockandsafe.com.